Hello and welcome to The Quiet Living Room, a podcast by Quiet Social Club, where we discuss and explore ideas on how to live and work well in a digital world. Every two weeks, we invite industry experts, entrepreneurs, scientists, and inspiring voices to share their stories, knowledge, and wisdom. My name is Eliana, and I will be your host in today's episode. My guest today is Claudia Erickson, co-founder of the nonprofit Unplug Collaborative, the home and host of Global Day of Unplugging, which is coming up on the 3rd of March. Global Day of Unplugging is an annual awareness campaign established in 2009 to celebrate human connection over digital engagement. And I invited Claudia on the podcast to talk about all the ways that you can join and why this is an incredible opportunity to get to know the benefits of taking a break from your digital devices. Claudia, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be on your show. We are celebrating Global Day of Unplugging's 14th birthday this year. Can you tell us a little bit more about the origins of the campaign and what exactly are we celebrating on Global Day of Unplugging? Sure. I think this is actually the first podcast where we are not calling it the National Day of Unplugging, but rather the Global Day of Unplugging. So that's the big thing. Um, we just made the official name transition, which is pretty exciting. For those not familiar, essentially National Day of Unplugging in a nutshell is very similar to Earth Day, only it's for your tech. And every year, the first weekend in March, is, as you mentioned, people participate all over the globe. We all collectively unplug together and we do activities that are meaningful and fun. And um, this all began with Reboot, which um, for those not familiar, this is a Jewish arts and culture nonprofit here in the U.S. And they had started the campaign back in 2009. And just for context here, that's a few years before smartphones even became super popular. So they kind of had a lot of forethought about the dangers coming um, from too much tech time. And so it, it began as a small group of people that gathered for tech-free Shabbat dinners. And it grew exponentially after that and turned into what it is today, which is thousands of worldwide community partners organizing live unplugged events. Um, so that's kind of how it started. But the campaign was growing and growing and Reboot was really looking for someone to take the program they had started and expand beyond its roots as an outgrowth of the Jewish Shabbat. So, you know. Timing is everything. And Kim Cavallo, she's our executive director and, and um, the other co-founder of the nonprofit, she reached out to me to see if I would want to join forces with her to take over the coordination of this really awesome program that had already been going on. And this was at the time was in 2020. And I don't know about you, but I had been um, running my own program called the Unplugged Village in my community here. I was going pretty well um, until the pandemic brought all in-person gatherings to an abrupt halt. And of course, the future was pretty uncertain. And I was at the time having a bit of a pity party about how the answer to everything, all the world's problems was going to be more and more tech. So when Kim reached out to see about forming this nonprofit, I absolutely jumped at the chance. Um, I thought it was a great idea. And we have kind of kept a lot of things um, the same, but we, you know, we keep the tradition of celebrating the first weekend in March and from sundown on Friday to sundown on Saturday. Um, that's all the same. 
but we have people celebrating days or weeks leading up to it. Um, People from all walks of life are participating, religious, not religious, essentially anybody who wants to spread awareness about how to maintain healthy life tech balance. I know most people say tech life balance. I always like to say life tech balance because I feel like your life should come first. At any rate, to date, we've had more than 135,000 people participating in what was National Day of Unplugging programs. Um, That's over a thousand schools, religious institutions, and businesses worldwide. So ultimately what really sets our nonprofit apart is that we primarily focus on finding leaders who are going to spread digital wellness efforts throughout their community. Um, Now the transformation from national to global day of unplugging came about this year because we knew we had a lot of participants outside of the U.S., And we wanted a name that represented that global connection and that allowed for more expansion in that regard. So now we have amazing folks like yourself and (laughs) others representing countries like Germany, France, Switzerland, Indonesia, Australia, the UK, the Netherlands, possibly others. Um, We're just super excited to see what comes this year. And we really appreciate the energy and enthusiasm that you and others bring to the table and all of your ideas. How do you think attitudes towards unplugging have changed over the last couple of years? I mean, we had the pandemic where everyone was stuck at home. Suddenly, technology assumed a very different role in our daily lives. How do you think this has affected the general consensus on the role of technology in our daily lives? Uh, I would say it's changed a ton. Um, When I started down this path years ago, My message was often met with animosity and hesitation, and that's putting it nicely. (laughs) No one really wanted to hear that much about unplugging. Um, People really know it's important and know this is um, an issue to be concerned about. They worry about it, but they also uh, don't want to do anything that would separate them from their phones. So it was a challenge, but Mm -hmm. several things have changed recent years, particularly over the past couple of years, which has contributed to what I feel like is a digital wellness awakening of sorts. Um, Whistleblowers from the tech industry like Tristan Harris and Francis Haugen, uh, they made a big impact along with movies like The Social Dilemma. Really, those things moved the needle on this topic. I would also strangely credit the pandemic. Um, It was good for this. Along with social isolation, and unlimited amounts of tech time gave people a different perspective. I like to make this akin to living in a fudge shop. I may love fudge, but when I live in the shop and it's all around me and I've eaten a lot, suddenly I start to feel sick and I realize I need a salad and a healthier diet. Mm -hmm. So more and more people are getting this and they've really gotten behind our campaign So much so that in the last couple of years, we even had celebrities getting on board with our message, like Kristen Bell and Tiffany Thiessen, Hilary Swank, and Mayim Bialik. Um, It's just really fun to see them supporting us and holding up the signs. We unplug to, and then you fill in the blank, they may have we unplug to connect. Uh, They hold up these signs, and that's the signature theme since the program began 14 years ago. So we've really felt a lot of support that way. Um, and that's significantly different than when this all started becoming an issue that people talked about a few years ago. 
What are some of the stories and experiences you've heard from people who've joined Global Day of Unplugging that have been particularly moving for you that have kind of shown you, this is why I'm doing this? Oh my gosh, so many great stories. The pandemic made us get really creative. (laughs) We had a little free library scavenger hunt one year uh, that comes up to mind. Those are the little book sharing boxes you see in some communities. Um, We decided to make networks of these little libraries and communities and then post a different clue on each box. People could then go find them all. And it was the perfect activity to do during the pandemic when nobody was meeting in person. And we had to come up with socially distanced ideas for connecting. So that was a real challenge. But what we hoped would be just a few networked libraries ended up being over 40 different cities with routes here in the U.S. and abroad. And best of all, people that put on the hunt really felt good about helping people get out of the house in a creative way. And the attendees loved it. And you could just feel the community coming together through those activities. That was one. Um, We also had people participate in this, what was called a crochet for a cause event. That was a cool young crochet artist named London Kay who worked with us and she would show people how to crochet a different letter. And when you strung um, all these letters up, they would spell out the word welcome home. And this was then made into a banner that could be hung over a door and was sent to people transitioning out of homelessness. And people enjoyed feeling like they could be part of something that was giving back and they got to do an activity that kept their hands and minds busy. Um, Mm. So that was a good one. Then we also had the wishing tree activity. That was another kind of really meaningful thing that happened during the pandemic. There was a woman who was battling breast cancer alone and she couldn't have any visitors during COVID. And if you know anything about cancer, rates of of survival can be impacted by uh, if you're surrounded by support. So we wanted to make sure she did not feel alone. So a tree was put up outside her home and a little station set up where people could walk by and fill out cards with pictures and words of support and then hang them on the tree. And so she was able to see that every day and feel the love and support of her community. It gave her a great feeling. It gave the neighbors a feeling of some little thing they could do when there really wasn't much that they could otherwise feel like they were doing. So mm-hmm. those are just kind of some of the uh, the neat things, neat stories we've had. I can imagine that there are many people who, after spending this time unplugged, don't want to give it up again, right? After experiencing the effects on their sleep, on their relationships, on how they're feeling in general, that they really want to take this into every day with them. Oh, absolutely. It That's the thing. They would kind of get that, what we call the bug to unplug. And that's what we hope for is that by doing these kind of fun, uh, meaningful, but fun, lighthearted opportunities for unplugging that they will want to do more and more of it, which seems to be kind of a backdoor way of reaching people when maybe the education first um, might sometimes be challenging. If they if they at least feel a positive experience doing something like this, then they're more open to learning about it and doing more things unplugged. How do you think your involvement with the campaign and having worked with all these people to bring this campaign to life, how has that affected your view of where we're at 
currently as a society and where we could be heading? I feel more hopeful. I'll just say that. Um, I am appreciating that people seem to be having this awakening and understanding of what uh, they need to do to have a better balance in their life with their technology. So I think that spreads out to companies wanting to get behind it as well. And we see that with people coming on board. We have, you know, and an Bausch and Lomb with their BioTrue product that's wanting to come on board and be our premier sponsor because they know this is an important time to talk to people about dry eye syndrome, which would be the connection they have. Um, we're seeing more and more groups that are really seeing the value in um, spreading the word about digital wellness and the importance thereof. And that means that we can get this message out farther to more people. To date, you've reached over 100,000 people with this campaign. How have you framed the message in order to touch so many people all over the world? Well, um, we really try and keep our message light. And we come from the perspectives of do something fun, do something meaningful, do something with your hands, and you're going to be more successful. I should also add, do something where you have a support system around you. So um, it is much easier to unplug in a group than it is to do it on your own. And there's nothing worse than being somewhere and having one person pull out a phone. Everybody else wants to do the same thing. So having events that are unplugged are important to success. And then um, having things that are activities where you keep your hands busy are important. That's why we kind of like craft nights and uh, things where you're building or crafting or could even be other types of activities like we suggest comedy nights, trivia nights, escape rooms. I like all of those because cell phones are generally not allowed. <laughs> so it makes it easier to do it. So uh, if you go into a comedy night, comedian does not want you taping their, their stick. They don't want you doing that because um, they're possibly trying something new out and it's, and it's their art um, and they want you to pay attention. Mm. And then if you go into an escape room or uh, take a Trivia night, for example, it's cheating if you pull your phone out. So mm -hmm. we like all these activities because they're just naturally amenable to unplugging anyway. Mm -hmm. And they're fun and you're using your brain. Um, so you're not sitting there thinking, oh my gosh, let's just put the phone down and be silent and and not think about how much we're missing our phone. <laughs> so mm -hmm. we try to come up with fun and creative ways to do something else so that you have success with your time unplugged. So what are some of the things that people could do on the day, on Global Day of Unplugging? So we encourage people to look at our website. Obviously, you can check out ideas, but a lot of people have plenty of ideas of their own as well. But whatever way that you want to see fit, um, you can participate for whatever amount of time that you'd like. People always hear it's a 24-hour unplugging event and they think they have to do it for the entire time, but they don't. Um, whether it's one hour you unplug or 24, all are welcome. Um, it's more about just kind of being mindful about your tech use during that time and during that day sometime. So there's that. Um, and then in terms of activities, again, we like to have things that 
you know, keep your hands and your minds busy. That's ideal in doing something in a group. Um, we've had people participate in community service projects, and we've got this unplugathon for socks. If you're interested this year, where you basically get to spend your time offline and get credit for the time. And then that translates into socks being donated to the homeless. So that's kind of a nice thing. Um, you can coordinate a nature hike or an unplugged dining event. And that's something that could be done at a local restaurant or out in your community, uh, like a street party or a potluck. Those are a lot of fun and very community building. I'm always amazed at how many neighbors don't know each other. So potlucks are great. Um, and then we have these scavenger hunts that you can do. And we have lots of different themed clues on our website. Super great for families. And um, that's one thing that my community is going to do, in fact. So those are really nice. And for schools, we have had people do kindness rocks. And those are, you know, when you paint on a rock, a positive message or picture and you pass it on to someone and it's someone who might, maybe they need a pickup, pick me up message. Um, sometimes they make a kindness rock garden and it could be a commemorative thing. Uh, we're also really hoping that we can get some schools to be involved in a pen pal exchange program. Um, this is, you know, old school fun. And this can be other students in a different city connecting with each other in a different country, or it could be done in your own community between kids and say elderly people. And we have some templates and sample questions to make it really simple to implement this. You might have kids asking an older person, what was it like when you used to date? Or um, how did you used to get to school? Or um, when did you learn to drive and things of that nature? And then the elderly asking kids, you know, how do you communicate with your friends now? And all of those types of exchanges are really neat. So um, we've got ideas like that on our website. Um, you can de decorate our knapsacks if you're in the U.S. And we have little cards that come with this. And the, the child might fill it out and indicate Dear mom or dad, you know, here's some fun things that I'd like to do together with you when we're unplugged. So it's just kind of a nice activity to do in celebration of the day. So we've got a lot of different fun resources um, on our website that you can check out and see what might work for your group or organization or your family. And what happens after the day? What can people do for the other 364 days of the year? Well, we really hope that Global Day of Unplugging is just a springboard to mobilize people to do things at other times of the year. And that's um, really our hope for this whole thing is to get people unplugging um, many, many more times. And we have communities that are doing this already. We're always kind of looking for people that are those leaders that want to take this farther, take the Global Day of Unplugging farther to other businesses, other activities, other events, and bring their community together. So um, if we kind of look at where we're at now, we've had about 40 communities, I would say, that have started breaking ground on an unplugged village in their community. That's kind of what we call it. We've got several of those in my hometown here in San Diego. There's one in Staten Island. There's North Carolina, New Orleans. Some high school boys just started one in Fullerton. They're really awesome. Um, those people all participate in Global Day of Unplugging, and then they also do at least one other activity uh, at another time of the year. 
end. So it, it, you know, it's not something that happens overnight, but if you keep at it, your village grows and people start to get excited about the activities and being involved. They don't feel like it's so scary to, to do this thing that they're not sure people are going to like, because they've seen that people enjoy these activities. Um, here in La Mesa, which is part of San Diego, we have a mayor who's really supportive and he's giving us a proclamation for the day. And that's going to set the tone and let the community know that this is a priority. And then, then that helps. So the businesses that support the village we've got from restaurants to community preserve, nature preschool group, wineries, many others. It's just a really nice support system that grows and that feels really good. So people can do that in their community. Start with something small and just, you know, kind of work your way up. Now, this is a bit of a loaded question, but why do you think the world needs Global Day of Unplugging more today than ever before? We need this more than ever because of the future generations. So uh, that is my big concern is about what kids are not learning, what people are missing out on when they're spending X number of hours every single day on their technology. Um, we're seeing it more and more with families, with young children, with parents that are um, not as attentive um, and they don't even know what they're missing out on. That That's what scares me is that we don't even know um, we have a generation that doesn't know because they've lived most of their life plugged in. Mm -hmm. So they may not have grown up helping raise siblings because they were too busy or they didn't babysit. <laughs> um, and they're missing that whole skill set to raise the next generation. And those kids are being raised on technology. So we really need a wake up call because the effects that we're going to be seeing down the road are, are huge. Um, and so I think this is very important. I don't think it's too late. Uh, we just really have to get on it. And it's important to take care of it now. Thank you so much, Claudia. Are there some parting words you want to leave with our listeners today? I would say just to come together, whether that's with one person or your family or your neighborhood, and find something that you know that you like to do that causes you fun and gives you some enjoyment and preferably keeps your hands busy, right? Mm -hmm. um, that could be anything from, you know, making some sort of craft at home or playing a game night. It might be going out to a, what we call dive bars here um, with your friends and playing darts. One of my favorite activities, actually. Uh, it could be that you're going to look on our website and download one of our scavenger hunts and implement that in your neighborhood. I think just finding something that you really enjoy that is fun and that will um, maybe bring a little laughter and lightheartedness and you'll have a good experience. Give it a shot. You might want to do more of it. Thank you so much for your time, Claudia. It was a true pleasure to speak to you. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciated this. And again, I appreciate your efforts and everyone who is also on board with this Global Day of Unplugging this year in spreading this message. Thank you also to you, our listeners, for being here. We'll be back in two weeks with more conversations on how to live and work well in a digital world. 
So if you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe to this podcast. Make sure also to mark the 3rd of March in your calendar. You can find all the relevant links and information on how to participate in the Global Day of Unplugging in the show notes of this episode and on our website, www.quietsocialclub.com. If you want to organize an event or get involved, message us at hello at quietsocialclub.com or simply head to globaldaveunplugging.com to get your ideas for how to spend a day elevating human connection over digital engagement. I look forward to seeing you next time.